What's up? Welcome to the Inner City Innovators Podcast, where we will discuss marginalized communities and what it will take to bring true, lasting hope and transformation to the disadvantaged. Now, here are your host and hope dealers, Sean Montal and Ricky Aiken. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to ICI Podcast, where we teach you how to be a hope dealer. And today, I'm back with a guest that y'all have met before, but who we're going to get to go deeper into his passion and his why. And the first time around when I interview people, it's really just to get their arc, you know, their storyline, how they came about this work. And then the second time, we get to go deeper into what they're passionate about and what we're passionate about. So I know quite a few of y'all loved the last episode we did with D, David, whatever y'all want to call them. But uh, we're back again. Welcome back, brother. Man, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be here. Um yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to do a deeper dive into the why, you know, of ICI and what we do, um, especially right now with with everything going on in our state. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, bro. I'm excited to have you. And I know y'all, I just want to uh, nip this in the bud. LaShawn, um, is having, his work hours are a little different. So he's not here to be, be able to be with him, bleh, able to be here with me every episode. But we're trying to etch out where we do some off-hour shooting for him to be in. So he's still around. He's still doing the work with the young men, uh, also being a great father and just doing what he has to do as a man. So uh, keep him lifted. Uh, he'll be back when we get us less conflicting shooting schedule. So just and, know that. And listen, let me just step in and be classless. That's the classy way. That's the leader. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you from the boots on the ground. This is why you need to support those who do the work. Yeah. Because when you support us, it goes into things that can pull us away from the the distractions. Not that the hard work that we do outside of this work is, is a distraction, but we need support to do this fully so we mm -hmm. can dive into this fully. Part of that is this engagement, is letting you guys into our world through this podcast, through these videos. Um, you gotta support it, yeah. you know, because where we put our money is where we put our values. Right. And if you're not gonna put money behind the people that are actually doing the work, and I say that as somebody who was donating to our organization before I started yep. working here and still I donate. still got it rolling. Why? Yep. Because it's just everybody does a little bit and it, it adds up to something. So please, innercityinnovators.org, inner hit, hit the donate button. And if you do something small monthly, it means so much. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, I just gonna, I'm just going to be classless and say that I'm going to do that shameless plug. A shameless plug. Because, yeah. uh, you know. You know, I, that's one of the reasons why I appreciate being here because of the way you you ride for us and supporting LaShawn and doing what he's doing. It's just been it's been like, all right, this is this is a team. You yeah. know, this is a family based orientation. This is a, a relationship based situation where people feel supported, where you may have to step away to do what you got to do. Right. And and there's no love lost. Right. Which has enabled him to still show up for his guys. Yep. And he has great relationships bonded with his mentees. So yeah. uh, watching him flourish is, is just an awesome thing. So big shout out to KO. And you, you hit on thing. something very important there. And a lot of people don't know this, but most of our team is only, we're, we're, they're not able to devote their full time to this work because they have to do other things to pay the bills, right? 
You hear us week after week. You see our uh, Facebook, Instagram posts. You know how much work needs to be done, but we're not paying the people who are equipped to do that work. And I think that's why we're like, we're doing the best we can and we're getting the most out of everyone on our team. But imagine, and that's a big goal of ours, is to get, a, get all of our people paid at a livable wage who can do work that very few people are equipped to do. So thank you for highlighting that, bro. Yeah, that's and the thing. And thank you for your personal sacrifices you made uh, to be on the team. Man, I feel like I came in. I tell people this not to sh overshare the information, but you know, to a select few, and I'll share here, and we can edit out if need be. But I tell people all the time, when I was brought on, you you said, "Look, I got the option of bringing you on, or pursuing the merch mm -hmm. with the shoes, which is huge because the Hope Dealer shoes, baby." The brand, people love the merch. The brand yeah. is a thing. It's like, that is a way that we can bring in funding. People just love the style and everything we do. So I'm like, okay, that's a definite revenue generator for the organization. Um, that's a push in another direction that highlights people. But why are you willing to put that on hold so I can come and serve? I'm like, you know, so it felt yeah. like it, it, mutual sacrifices have been made. Um, and the vision is still there. You know, the, 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 the focus has never been lost. It's like, right. how do we serve the kids? And by serving the kids, you, you, we serve ourselves in that sense. Like, you tell us yeah. take the personal days and, you know, <clears throat> part of me, uh, take care of yourself first yeah. so that you can take care of everybody else. A lot of people, they say that, but they don't actually implement it in their organizations. Right. Um, so when I see stuff like that in our organization, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? I like to think, and I always say this to myself at least, I don't know how often I say, I say it out loud, but we are people over property. We're, we're right. people over everything else because right. I think what's been missed a lot of times in this work is that the most valuable thing that leads to life change in our young men is the human connection. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the type of leader to where we're results, results, execute, execute, execute. Well, we're not dealing with stocks and bonds. We're not, we're not dealing in those other spheres where that mindset is, is a good mindset to have. We're dealing with human beings mm. who need to be at their spiritual best when they're engaging some of the most heartbreaking situations and scenario you'll ever come to terms with. So I think that's kind of what guides me. Like, I've done this work, and it's it's weird to say, but I think I first got started working with our like kids in our community when I was 17, right? Mm -hmm. I'm 35 now. Mm. So you do the math, mm. right? That's being around it and seeing it from the inside of my own childhood Oof. and then from the outside working with kids who are going through similar things. Right. And it, it, this work is draining, bro. It's, it's mm -hmm. depressing. Like, you know the conversations we have in our meetings. Right. You know, when we're on these calls with Roca, we're bringing the problems we face here in, in Palm Beach County to a national uh, group of youth workers, and we're all dumbfounded and in, in, in trying to explore and, and experiment with new ways of doing this work to where we can have the impact we need to have. Because we're all affected by it. Exactly. It's like, that's, that's the part that feels the most daunting. It's happening in the entire country. Yeah. And, and, and in some elements of it is happening around the planet, but what we're seeing in the children and in the youth, um, and in young people. Yeah. And that level of disenfranchisement, that disengagement, the, um, the overlook in the po political world, I tell them like this, 
I walk into a space and I'm pissed because I'm the youngest person there. Mm. They talk to me like I'm young. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm gonna be forever a baby. I'm cool. Right, right. But they don't even act like eighteen year olds exist. Mm. They don't care that a twenty four year old exists unless they have a child or property. Right. They're like that person. That person doesn't exist. Right. And that infuriates me because, based on the blessings of I've had being able to see behind the, the scenes again, like in the nonprofit world. Right. Some of the names that we know. Love to everyone in our community. We all in a fight, but some of the names you know just off the top of your head have full funding and all, and you'll give to them because you just know them. Right. Our books are transparent, yep. but we are out here begging. And there's so many nonprofits fighting, and people have a problem with nonprofits. But the reason why people turn that way is because they want it to be transparent. They have a good uh, heart, and they don't know business, and they don't want to be a shark. Right. So how do you affect change? Um, in our community, I see these kids looking at us like y'all are y'all are fighting. Yeah. Thank you. But this is the world. Right. And they just like checked out of it. And yeah. I can't blame them. Right. You know, I can't blame them at all. Yeah. It's it's not them. Um but that's where we come in. And I think we have that that unique ability to be the bridge to amplify the voices and bring them to to speak. Cause like when we had that one meeting. Um, where were we? With the law enforcement and uh, was that the at the Urban League? The Urban League, yeah. The Urban League. Um, shout to to Mr. Th uh, Reverend Thickland. Um, man, the mentees that spoke up, yeah, were two of the mentees that I would never, right? Even if you like, hey man, I give you a twenty dollar gift card. You want to? Yeah. Just say Take a swing at it. Yeah. Express yourself. Anything you want. I would I would anticipate my judgment because of how I know them. They get up there and be like, man. Blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> they weren't, they were they were impressive. They I I was moved because they had a voice. They were like, yo, okay, I got you now. I got you here. Okay, this, this, this. Answer me. Um, and I think about how many youth across the country feel that way right like just across our city frustrated unheard disenfranchised hopeless, hopeless. like the, the picture you shared today we, i identify with that you know we just all right take a picture yeah everybody is picture day but those of us who like had to fight for that experience right you know it's just another day yeah Especially if you don't have the drove that everybody or the wardrobe that everybody needed to have or yeah. you couldn't meet the standard. Picture day was pressure. Right. And how many of our kids can meet the standard? And you hit on something important that I want people to realize, like, it's not about programming per se. Programming, I put that on the back burner of what I think makes us effective. It's the relationships, right? You got to think about the type of young person that we work with is growing up in a dysfunctional family, in a broken community, single parent, uh, is probably not doing well in school, if they're engaged at all. The number one thing they need is a support system, right? The most broken thing about our community is the launching pad. Very few people launch from communities like ours to see sustainable and long-term success. So, that's what we offer our kids that I think separates us is that when our kids 
come into our programming, they come into a family. They come into a situation where if they need a father figure, an uncle figure, a big brother, a, a, a peer that they can resonate with, they have that. Like in our model for intentional change that we put every young person through, there's five steps to that. First is helping them see their ideal self, right? If everything went perfect in your life, from now until age 25, because remember our promise to them is to do everything we can to keep them free and alive past age 25. If everything was to go perfect in your life up to that point, where do you see yourself, right? Who do you want to be? Yeah, and after your ideal self, we look at their real self, all right? Where, where are you now? Who are you really being? Right, who are you really? Like, what are your, your felt, like, wh where are you? Oh, I'm out of school, I dropped out, I'm not good at math, I'm, I'm living out of my mom's car. Like, whatever the real you is and how it differentiates from your ideal you, we need to, a snapshot of that as well. And step three in the model for intentional change is coming up with a learning plan, right? How do we get you from who you are now to who you say you want to be? We put it down in a document on paper. Step four is experimenting with new behaviors, right? Where we're offering them, there is no book where you just, every kid does this and it's gonna work for them. Some kids are living in homes with very toxic parents. So what we're having them experiment with, uh, when your mom says this, try this instead. Just let her talk, don't say anything back, go journal. Right. It's simple stuff like that, giving them a game plan for how to overcome some of those waves that they get in that home. And or another kid may be going through something in school. Right. Where we're having them experiment with. All right. Instead of hanging around this guy who, you know, every time you hang out with him, how about you? You know what I'm saying? So the experimentation is different and it's based on their individual plan. But step five is the most important. It's the resonant relationships. It's being around people who are on the same trajectory as you. Real quick, to back up to step four, real quick, one of the, the, the important things about experimentation, um, again, I see it in our organization, I see it how we lead ourselves, I see how we lead the young people. The expectation to have some semblance of failure or opposition or adversity or uphill battle, whatever you call it, challenge, is ingrained. It's like you're going to have a challenge. You're going to relapse. You're going to have a yep. a, a bump in the road. It's a part of life. It's a part of it. And so then you get to step five with that resonant, resonant relationship. And it's like you're supported through that. Because what I think some people fail to understand or fail to, to, to know or, or have the access to is like for these guys and some of these girls, these young people we work with, just being able to express themselves is a huge milestone. Just being able to say, I don't like, or I do like, or I want, or I do not want, like, it seems so tiny, but when you meet them and you know them and you know that that is huge for them to be able to express. And that they feel heard. And then they feel heard. Like they, they feel hurt. Like we That's got huge. kids that are like more independent now where they don't need to come to group every week. Right. And they'll call us like, hey, y'all got group this week, man. I got some, I've, I've been struggling. Like, I need to talk. They see our group mentoring as a place to vent and to get off what they've been holding in because they're growing up to see that the world isn't as accepting, isn't as open to. to right. It's a safe, it, we also create a safe container for people to have a, 
like like again that experimentation that 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 questioning yeah you know the uh what's the word i'm looking for like exploration yeah we give them a safe space to kind of feel out and ask questions that they they don't have anyone in their life they can ask these questions of yeah there's no um, judgment free zone right? it's a ju- it's a judgment free zone right. and i think um in a world where people say, oh, these kids are soft because they talk about feelings so much, and, and they do, but especially in the inner city, yeah, um, nah, we still don't talk about feelings. We they don't. live in a world where that talks about feelings, but they don't talk exactly. about feelings. Exactly, and, and there's a difference in kids, right? Where if you come from the suburbs and you've had a soft upbringing all your life and then you're going to school, like I get the overemphasis on softness, but our kids are living the opposite life where everything around them is hard and detrimental to their development, right? If you think about what it takes, if any of our listeners will think about what it takes to survive in an inner city community, the first thing that'll come to mind is a toughness, a hardness, right? When we right. think about what hardness is, it's just a protective mechanism. Like you, when you see a guy with that's mean mugging, got a unit on his face, and he that hard exterior, that's someone who's been through things. Like they're at that point where they're not gonna let anyone continue to take advantage of them. So that's the self-protective mechanism, right? And if that's their physical right. exterior, you could just imagine the emotional counterpart that goes with what you feel inside, making it to your your, your expression. The, the the emotional component is the most important in, when it comes to hardness, because when you hard, you don't like I remember when when I was real young, when we were growing up, someone who was hard was considered somebody who just wouldn't take anything mm-hmm. and they fight you if you disrespected them. Yep. XYZ, right. But as we came in our ad- adolescent that changed hard meant somebody who was violent right and it has just continued yeah and so now in this generation it means everybody's a shooter yep um hard is being willing to shoot being willing, willing to not just pick up and show off a gun but be willing to pull the trigger and so that's that's where i think the the difference has come now where hard didn't always mean that and I think it used to mean like being a strong guy because you got to be hard. Mm-hmm. That mentality, it permeates into everything we do. Yeah. And it's just a representation. It's just the way we speak about the actual way we have to be. Right. We have to be tough. We have to be hard. We can't have feelings. Um, something that I have developed in my, I have developed relationship patterns based on the fact that I have not felt safe. Mm-hmm putting the one thing because no one's untouchable right right and you could safeguard everything you want to safeguard but if there's something that exists outside of your chest yeah so oftentimes that's your loved ones yeah i have developed relationship patterns and things that i've had to break some things i still enjoy based on the fact that i have had to move a certain way Mm. because i didn't want to expose certain things or certain people to things right um it's a byproduct of being in the jungle, right? Yeah. Everybody's on some mode. Yeah. And there's sharks. It's fight or flight all around you. Yeah. I always say it's eat or get eaten because fight, flight, or freeze. Somebody is, someone is the grass and someone is the lawnmower. Mm. Um, and that it, it's, it's, 
I can tell you from from my years growing up in my community how I lived. I was never satisfied with that, right? Because from a young age, I was exposed to things that showed me unity, yeah. Um, but also showed me that this is like, this is all like like this, the movie on Netflix that everybody's talking about. Um, they clone Tyrone. They clone Tyrone. Yeah. I've been privy to information in my life that has always shown me the food we're eating is toxic and planned. Mm -hmm. The products we buy is toxic and planned. Commodification of black hair. Respectfully, religion has been commodified. Um, Everything is, is money. Everything is capitalism. Everything is a dollar. And... From a very young age, I was exposed to artists that, that put it in my brain that they tell us that we're the poorest community, yeah, but we generate the most, mm. and we spend a lot. I think not the most, but we spend a lot. Yeah, yeah. So where's that money coming from, right? Right. Um, it, it's just one of those things where you grow up, you feel you have to be callous because if you want to be the brave one to take the shell off, Right. You're going to get eaten. Yeah. It's not. And, and unfortunately, like, that's the way it is, right? When 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 I was growing up, like, I remember, I knew, like, they're, they're, like I always knew I wasn't as tough. Like, nobody, I don't believe anybody's that tough. Right, I no. think we're all, like, just trying to do what it takes to not be taken advantage of. Right. right? So it's like everyone, like, had it. Like, you almost had to, Right. But when you built, like, and this is one thing that always stuck out to me, right? With your friends, like, there was a genuine love and softness there right. in the context of your homeboys. Right. Right? Well, I recall <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to tell my home, I love you, boy. Like, right. it's like, because we didn't know when our last day was. Straight up. At that time, we're losing friends. Like, we knew what was at stake in the community. And there was this real love, like, where if I had a homeboy or a friend that, that was homeless, didn't have a place to go, Hey, mom, he going to stay with us for a few nights. And right. my mom would like, like so it's, it's a real love. I just think with most things in our communities, the things that, that, that should be a beautiful reflection of who we are, somehow get, it gets polluted, mm-hmm. right? And it, it gets turned. For, because if, even now, right, with all the violence or whatever, with all the poverty, the black inner city community is one of the last true places where community exists. I can't think of another place like Tamron where you can go, stand on the corner, and know 90% of the people who traverse them street by name, by family, what house they grew up in, who their children are, right? So there's something pure there. There's something beautiful there. But as you alluded to that movie, something is perverting it. Something is is driving well, I don't want to cut you, but no, go but, for it. But but it's it's like what they're saying right now about um, black student, black people have benefited from slavery, right? <laughs> the same way they're saying that. Um, this is something that they would probably relate to the the, the benefit of gerrymandering, mm. the the benefit of redlining. People persevere. Yeah. And people are always going to find the silver lining. True. So we don't highlight and thank the trauma right, for the right. byproduct. That's real. Sometimes that byproduct bites them in the ass. 
when I say them, I mean whoever helped create these communities, like Tamarind, like the set in Delray, um, like some of the spots in, in Boynton and Lake Worth and all over our state and our community. But yeah. they created these communities. And black folk, we communal people. Yeah. Yep. We communal people. So you forced us in a spot and we got to live amongst each other. We're going to be family and love on each other. Right. Right. We're all we got. We all we got. Ain't nobody coming to save us and we know that. And so, for example, I'm dropping one of the guys off. His The neighbor comes screaming. At first, I, I was like, "Is it, what's going on? Mm -hmm. It's an old man. <laughs> he just wanted some syrup. <laughs> He, he was running because, he, like, he was literally, you know, that old man running. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, forward leaning running because he got stuff on the stove. And he's like, y'all got syrup and butter. Yeah. I started making. I didn't know what I was doing. My bad, man. And it was like, oh, uh, it was just like a little thing real quick. But yeah. It was like, that's community. Yeah. You go into the barbershop. That's community. You go, yeah. You go to some of these spots. There's community. It was, it was I think, formed out of the necess necessity to survive. Right. So the intention is both beautiful, but also tainted. Right. Because of the circumstances. We make that, the best of it. Yeah. But then it's continuously perversed through food, drugs, alcohol, media, inflation, like yeah. the cost of living. I saw, I saw a sister post on the internet the other day. She posted about an opportunity for a rental with a great some bonuses and incentives yeah and then she was like why is everybody laughing at this why don't think this is a joke i'm trying to you know she's trying to do something but everybody's like because of the prices you just put are crazy right that's a joke yeah it's like no that's that's south florida we are leading the country in inflation south florida specifically palm beach broward and day county we are leading the country in i don't know how people are finding places to live right now bro it is insane so the people that i know who are not struggling that way are people with roommates and i know roommates are struggling too i got a roommate and i'm struggling i got a roommate and i'm struggling <laughs> but <laughs> but we're a lot better than some of the people doing it alone yeah and that leads to communal living we got to look at that model man um segue real quick i uh when i when i i was co-owner of an rv kind of thing and we went to different rv parks to just experience what what the, you know what's yeah, that like yeah Small, medium, and large. Went to the big, fancy one with restaurants in and everything, and the most mom and pop. And the mom and pop one was the best. It was the cleanest. Mm -hmm. It felt like the most communal. Everybody was still friendly. Right. You had like a, a communal kitchen. You had a communal eating area if you wanted. Uh, bathroom areas with showers, library, fitness room, all of that. But you still had your own private space. I know it sounds crazy, but that's that's where the future's going. Yeah. <laughs> because. And I agree, and I think it kind of speaks to like where we could benefit as a community. Like you talked about like our GDP as poor black people, we, we, we measure on the Richter scale, right? And we live in a country that is all about like advertising and, and the next thing and the next thing. Like even you go through the hood, bro, there's not many kids without iPhones or the right. latest pair of shoes or whatnot, right. or parents not in, in the latest cars. It's about the the thing the 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 thing that's being cast before them as what success is or what it means. And I think personally, I believe until we begin to break away from some of those traditional uh, key marks of success, 
and start redefining what success looks like, as I do personally, then we're going to continue to to feel like we're losing a race that we don't even have to enter if we don't want to. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think something that's first important, which sounds crazy, but we got to do a dopamine detox. Yeah. Because the Jits, they, they, they can hear it, right? I can put them in front of a billionaire. My man's is in a turtleneck and some dusty jeans. His bank account could change the whole community's life. Right. He's impressed. He's like, man, this this guy knows his stuff. Okay, maybe I could just be a regular person. My Crocs are cool and my dusty clothes. Because, you know, they be hanging out in dusty clothes. Right, right, absolutely. But then they get next to the dude that it releases that dopamine. Yeah. The bling, you know, the money, the power, the freedom. It looks good. It feels good. Many but they're cases. protected. Yeah. They, those guys, those guys with money who show it and they, you know, some of them, we all know the fakes, right? But I'm right. talking about the people that lead that image. They're safe. They have freedom. They have options. Yeah. Um, they have all the, the toys and trinkets of la- luxury um, right. and a lavish lifestyle. And they speak about things like they know that their mom and dad are struggling. Their mom is struggling, their dad is struggling, their cousin, somebody, whoever they live with is struggling. But this dude talks about a $38,000 pinky ring like it's nothing. Right. How are you not, especially when you're a kid, how are you not supposed to be like, ooh, I could could do what he's doing? Um, And so I think we need to first, like, pull away from social media for a moment. Yeah. Pull away from the media for a moment. get, Get back in touch here. Do a quick little detox. And then have them re, uh, what's the word? Revalue, re, re-estimate life. Like, yeah. put their put their values up because I think what a lot of kids are chasing is a sense of security and a sense of freedom. They want to yeah. they want to just get away from the bullshit, right? And they just want to feel safe. Yeah, you know. Um, I think that imagery and that that uh, that lifestyle. Especially through the media, yeah, it just it just pours into the brain, telling them this is the road to go. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And the one thing people fail to like recognize as well is many of the people who we see with most of those trappings of success aren't even happy. Right. They're, at a certain level, they become a slave of the image that they put forward, and I feel like that's a major problem in our country. We're all pursuing dreams that didn't even originate with us. Like most people, right. really would be content doing something they love, that they have a connection with, like me, right? I'm not rich. I don't have a bunch of money in my savings account, but I'm probably one of the most fulfilled individuals that I encounter on a day-to-day. When I look around me, I don't see many people that enjoy the level of peace and serenity that I do, knowing that I'm doing what I was created to do, and it's not all about money, Right. right? It's like, and I see people who are higher up the economic scale that have all the things that I thought would make a person happy, and they're yeah, they're, they're miserable, miserable, right? Right. What is so, that? Yeah, exactly. So you got all these people, and then I've been to Africa, mm-hmm. I've been to Haiti, where I've seen people who seemingly have nothing, mm-hmm. but are far more happy than people I encounter every day here, right? So if happiness was so tied to our socioeconomic status then I think that would bear in some of the, the, the images we see, we, but the reverse almost seems true sometimes. It, it 100% does because we don't realize that even the poorest people here on a global scale yeah. are a part of like the upper echelon, right? Exactly. 
And so there are people that would look at us and be like, how are you miserable? You have everything. Mm. You turn on a faucet and water comes out. What you upset Clean about? Clean water at that. You know what I'm saying? What you upset about? Um, but it's the it's the world that we're in. It's the soup that we're in. Um, it's especially like in South Florida. We talk about this with the people up in Baltimore at Roca. Like, I'm gonna park my Honda Civic next to your your Bentley mm. at the grocery store. You know, I'm going to uh, go eat at a restaurant. Of course, not everyone, mm-hmm. but it's it's not uncommon. I'm gonna go to eat at a restaurant. Pull up in my little Altima. Shout out to Altimas. No, no, just <laughs> But I'll be next to a Ferrari and some dude who who has not worked in a generation in his family. Yeah. Because it just got, because of where we are in South Florida. So I think that adds an element to it to the kids, um, to the young people we serve, and just the people that they grow up around. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes when I stop and look at where we are, it's a crazy simulation. It is, bro. And you hit on something important, right? Because a lot of people, like, they hear West Palm, like, especially. Well, y'all ain't got nothing to worry about, right? But when you take all the imagery that I tell y'all is driving the desperation in our community, and you you take the fact that you're living around, like you said, people that haven't worked in generations, billionaires. We're around lots of billionaires and, and people with long money, old money, right? So you walk downtown from Tamara and you go down to City Place or Clematis and you're seeing these people who are enjoying all the things you were told was what success consisted of. It it, it drives it like you, and they're you chilling. want it, right? And they're chilling. They're chilling, right? They're not working hard for it. Not so, saying that they haven't. Right. But I'm saying what the, what, what the young people we serve see, what I grew up, listen, man, I grew up where if you wanted to hang out, you wanted to to, to, to to catch a young lady's attention, why am I looking at you? Right. If you don't got the donk or the, or the, the, the fly whip, the trappings or, of success. A, or a foreign car, what do you have to offer? Your value is determined by what you can offer. And right. that led to my toxicity. And I, I openly talk about it now. I'm not like this at all anymore. But what right. I used to say, okay, well, I... I have a certain type of nails that I like. I can't tell you what to do, but if I pay for it, then you're going, you know, I, right. I took my, my girls to the nail lady. The, yeah. I had the same, she knew what I liked. Yep. Power corrupts. Right. And hurt people hurt people. So we just, mm-hmm. we're in this pressure cooker, we're around all these things, we're, and we're told constantly that we need to be this thing. We need to look this way. And that's why we say it, like, it is what it is. Listen, it's going to sound really bad. I don't judge people like this. Please don't judge me. But <laughs> they say like a, what, what, a South Florida six is like somewhere else is 10, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm cool. Beauty so, standards. Beauty standards. Are crazy, but, but just like our lifestyle, people look at us and they're like, because pe- we live where people go to vacation. Yeah. So people think stuff is sweet. But I was I was just trying to pull it up here. I can't seem to find it. Um. There's two Publixes. Publix is a grocery store. There's two Publixes within two, three miles of each other mm. in totally dem- different demographics. And the only reason one of them exists is because there are some people that it has to serve. But it would never be there if it only had to serve our community because mm. our community has that food desert. There's not a, gro- not a real grocery store. Right. But you can look at their produce section and see the difference in the stores. Mm. One store has a valet. Where, who valets at a grocery store? At a Publix. 
so you can go and look at the difference in the store by what what is go to the deli see what's uh what's carried and some people will argue and say that's just a, a byproduct of like the populations they serve which is true but it shows that in south florida we're all right into we're on top of each other right now in west palm beach i have you know i would call them friends and colleagues who are facing charges for feeding homeless people um the lawyer who does pro bono work for free the old retired lady the, the the elder retired lady who is just serving and the young lady from another country who was just filling in for somebody mm. all live or reside or renting on the island mm. palm beach island for those who don't know so palm beach island is a whole different world from west palm beach um but like the worlds are intertwined Right, the kids and and I don't even see a difference. I when people tell me why are you here talking about an issue, we're here talking about an issue because it affects me. I right. drive, I work, we all live in each other's cities. Yeah. Um, so the kids see this and they don't just exist. In, so for like a, a lot of our people, without giving out too much information, they don't go to a school in the hood. Right. They go to a school in an affluent area. Yeah. So they're going to school with kids that like come from. And, and should, and they should have the, the trappings of success because if your parents are successful right. or whatever and able to, and they want to make you, you know, live a nice lifestyle, why not? I don't right. fault them for it. But then that creates pressure. That's one of yeah. the reasons why I advocate for, for uniforms. Yeah. Let your accessories be your self-expression, but at least the uniforms can be the most basic it of... Even stuff. And, and the students come yeah. together and vote on it so it's not just like across the board but yeah no yeah. you're right and i think that that points to like Sorry. the nuances of our work that is so important because you can't just run a kid through a program and now they understand all the systemic pressures uh the social structures of their community and all that you need a a big brother who kind of understands those dynamics right. and are willing to work with you through those things and i think that's what our young men get we we don't I, bring these things up to, to burden them or to to be mad at the world. We're not angry. There's not a angry bone in our body, but we do know the key to ascending uh, the, 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 the cycles of self-destruction that we uh, inherited is an understanding right. what those cycles are and how they've contributed to the demise of those who've gone before us. Right. I can't even look at a crackhead in my community and, and, and really fault and say it's all on him. Right. Right. Because I understand the dynamics that over that, that you have to go through to overcome the place of your community. So, so two things. When I, when I used to hate the crackhead in my community, I've even beat up one of them because of them disrespecting my house. The lessons that I had to learn to see the humanity and understand and the empathy and see the relationship we're actually entangled in this situation with each other has allowed me to now impart that to these young people. So they don't have to go through the years right. of work to learn that. But I wanna go back to something you said a little earlier. The programming is like the afterthought and people sometimes like frown at that. That's not to say that we don't put emphasis on programming. I always say that the programming at ICI is the icing on the cake. Right. Because it's built on relationship. It's built on that social, social emotional learning. It's built on modeling and creating safe containers in space. And then when all of that is there, which is really what it's about, right? Then we lather on that nice thick layer of some some programming, whether it's this, that, and the third. That the programming is not what makes the lasting memory, because we always, you know, it's it's a 
it's a saying, right? People right. don't remember what you tell them, but how you make them feel. Right. So these guys feel, uh, without going into too much detail about it, yesterday we had an incident on the streets of Clematis. And, and I let the people know what uh, incident, if you're going to bring it up, so they have some context. <laughs> so we're, we went, yesterday our programming was, we got to, we got to sit with um, um, an amazing artist, a local artist, uh, Miss Trina Burks, um, I believe that's proper pronunciation, um, and and she was doing vision boarding boards with the with the guys, and we've done this a couple times, but she has professional like intention behind this, and like has set this up through the library, and the guys love the library, so we made it a co-ed event, um, took them down to Clematis, which is the main downtown strip of West Palm Beach, which. They are not encouraged to engage with because there's not a lot of things for young kids from our community to do there. So it's it's like a field trip. It's like being in a new space, but we want them to kind of know that you have ownership of this space too. Mm -hmm. So we take them to the library, um, have a great time. We're leaving, about to head back to to 1909 to our you know our our base of operations to to eat. And um, a gentleman is on the on the street of Clematis going through some type of drug-induced episode mm -hmm. um and we you know we crossed the road intentionally to stay away he was in where he was in the direction of where we needed to go yeah but we crossed intentionally um nay shout out to nay um nay was there but he stayed to get some some footage of us i was there everything was fine but once we crossed him he started getting real mouthy said a lot of nasty disrespectful things um and looked like he was going to start following us do i want to tussle on clematis or do i want to do i want to stand ground or do i want to draw my 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 legally owned weapon to protect these kids shakoya has them with mavis and they're, they're like trying to get them away from whatever this man is going through talking about what he's going to do to me but i just sat there i got quiet I got still did my breathing. I mean, I have years of training and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I just let him do his thing. And when he realized, okay, this guy is serious, but I'm not, I'm not responding to him. Right. He left. But when I turned back around, the few that were still kind of concerned about what's happening, I could see it on their face. They were like, Yo, you held it down for us. That needing to feel safe. And that knowing, oh, you really, you you really got my back. Yeah, that changes things. And I think I might have mentioned it the last time I was on here, but I always harp harp on this. The Department of Juvenile Justice did a, a study, thirteen to seventeen, broke it up in two spaces, thirteen to fifteen, sixteen to seventeen. Asked them the two groups, what do you want to see the most in your community? What do you want to see brought to your community? What are you lacking? Everybody said boxing gyms. People in the hood ain't box. It's not like that's what we wanted. Right. What is that called to? I want safety. Right. I want to feel like I can take care of myself. I want to get fit. Yeah. I want to have confidence. I want to feel secure. I want to meet healthy people because you know you're not going to meet un technically unhealthy people. And you know, I want right. to meet healthy role models. Da 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 da. Um, that was that was telling. Yeah. And so, yesterday when we had that incident, I, and I saw how that affected the relationship. Yeah. Because. Then when I leaned on one of them to come outside of his, his level of comfort, it was almost like the ask wasn't so burdensome. 
Right. Because there's a there's more of a relation. It's more like, all right, you asking me to do something, but we're we building something here. Yeah, and that's one of the things you'll you'll often see like when when programs come into communities and they wanna work with our kids, one of the main frustrations they have is that the kids don't wanna engage or, or they're they're unengaged. And that's true. Most of the kids we're working with, if they don't feel like they can trust you or that you understand them, they won't. And there's a lot of proving that has to happen, right? right. We know that it's going to take a huge amount of proving ourselves and building trust for a young person to come through our process and join our group and see the outcomes that we want for them. So we have the model relentless engagement. We're going to engage you until you come to the realization that we're here and we have your best interest in mind. And I think that's what that that whole situation did for you. Now, knowing that mostly the most important thing we do for our young people is our image. Right. Mm. Unfortunately, we're not at a job where we can just go to work, do a job and then go home uh, due to social media, due to our level of access with the young people. They get a 24-7 view of how we handle life, uh, what we're striving after, and what's important to us. And I think that's another thing that kind of aids us. I want to ask, where did things first shift for you to kind of own the your, your path of healing and openness and kind of pulling off the 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 shield or the shit the the skin to be hard like where did you find peace to be able to let the the hard part of you go and be and and lead in the way we get to with our young people first and foremost i had to realize that nobody gave a shit about my trauma no one is going to give me a pass because of what i've been through if I lash out, mm. if I act the way my primal instinct tells me in this moment, I'm going to jail. Mm. Nobody's going to say, oh, but, you know, he had this situation and this abuse and this thing. Look, what's his ACE score? No one cared. Right. If anything, they'll use it to lock you up more, as I've seen when I go to courts to represent our young people. So... That was a big eye opener. I was like, I, I got to take account, accountability for myself because, damn. This system will ban you. And then, um, I'll be very real with you, bro. I, I had to just start experiencing different spaces with healthy people. Mm. It, it happened slowly. I got into health and fitness. I was working in security spaces. I was doing things that forced me to be around. Yeah, there's unhealthy people in all of these things, right? But mm -hmm. just around people that were telling me that, that either crime and or violence is not the way to express or operate. Um, I got around friends that wanted to build me up. Mm. Um, I experimented with businesses. I experimented with um, different spiritual paths, not so much for myself, but just as a, as a sense of learning. Like, I'm, I'm, I love culture. Right. And so when I started realizing, and that's just one of the byproducts of being Jamaican, 
being from somewhere else is is a little bit of knowing that hey something something is different here yeah and when i met cousins who a lot of cousins that i couldn't relate to because we grew up different but when i met cousins that i i, I did it like it was like oh snap we're the same then i said why oh trauma <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. um things like that really allowed me to step into a space of like i deserve healing right and then i met I think I met an, an, enough brothers who were what I certified thorough. Yeah. Who would rather walk away, have a conversation, or whatever have you, live and let live, rather than murder you. Mm. And that made me, oh, it's okay. It can be, it can be cool to do that. Right. You know, it's like, I'll be very real with you, man. A lot of things like that are, it's like that in life. And maybe for some reason I'm thinking about that. And it, and it made me think about the first time I, I, I tried marijuana, tried cannabis. All the base hit. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But then I met cool people that I certified as thorough that I said, huh. Right. My barometer has shifted, you know. And that's my next the question. Scene. Yeah. What do you think your 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 image of idea of manhood shifted in that place that would allow you to find security in that identity? Yeah, cause cause then again you start realizing like who who are the most elite killers in our society? Special forces operators. Mm -hmm. I've had a chance to work with some of them in different capacities and in healing aspects, and these dudes would be in tie dye shirts and, and flip flops and Crocs, and they want to go hang out with their kids at an inflatable pool, mm -hmm. but you throw a penny in the air and they can shoot it, you know. Right. They have a skill set. Yeah. Growing up, a lot of us, we, we fancy the mafia movies. Who's yep. the most the most gangster guy in the mafia? Is the big fat dude over with a coat. And yeah. So I'm like, it started making me question this idea of the super thug, mm -hmm. the hyper gangster. Yeah. He ain't really that tough. And he's not that tough by himself. Mm-hmm. And they're usually the henchmen or the, the somebody's pulling the strings, right? Yeah. They're the henchmen. Yeah. So what what does that person have at the at the most? They got their brawn, right? But those are brains can outspar them. So I'm like, so I I started realizing that like masculinity one is defined by the individual, mm -hmm. but when I started thinking, like, because I I was blessed enough, I had a grandfather that it, that it, I was like, that's what it is to be a man. And now I see some of the toxicity and I want to change it, mm -hmm. but I had something to emulate. I always thought it was like for suckers. And now I've I've seen enough people who no, you can live like that, but you can prosper financially. Right. You don't have to cut too many corners. You might have to do some things. Yeah. Nobody's perfect, but you don't have to be a criminal. Yeah. And and when when I say criminal, I, I don't like you know, the word doesn't sound right, but I'm just talking about you don't have to be in the game like that. So that so the yeah. image changed when I started looking at men, um, who emulated being stand-up guys who were going to do what they needed for their family, but they were no longer pushing the gangster shit. Excuse right. my language. And you you hit on something important, right? Like, chill, like and I, I say this all the time, children will be what they see. Like, you could tell a right. kid all you want, a finished school, do this or do that, but if they're surrounded by images that, that's truer to their reality of success, then that's what they're going to pursue so I imagine that for uh, like a, a, a kid growing up in the suburb, their dad runs a, a business, their uncles, like they're seeing these things that are positive, 
paths of life that they could potentially go to. So that's kind of stored in there, right? When you think about kids who come from communities like ours, you're either getting your message from the gangster movies, the rap videos, where they're in communities like yours, talking about how much dope they sold, how many people they shot, how many girls they get, or you're seeing it on your neighborhood street corners and, and your big brothers. So imagine you're a child growing up in these conditions where every idea or image of success you have access to can eventually lead you to death or life in prison. All of them, right? So these kids are, it, it's not the, 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 the entire pond is polluted, yeah. right? There, there, it, there's not, so that points to how important it is that our young people have access. I don't think Hope Dealers should just be in West Palm Beach. Hope Dealers should be all throughout Palm Beach County and every community of concentrated violence throughout the nation because of the importance of having people that these young people can relate to who've gone through some of the things that they're going through and can tell them like, bro, I've, I've been there. And if I haven't, this brother has. And you, we, we need to learn from our collective experiences. Judgment free. Exactly. And judgment free. Yeah. I, I had one of our young young people told me the other day, you know, I felt like he was a little depressed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what's been going on? We, we check it and he tells me flat out. Excuse me. I, everything I like to do is illegal. Mm-hmm. And some of it is illegal for like municipal measures. You know, like if it's like a kid who says, I like skateboarding on this sidewalk and they say it's right. illegal to do so. So it's not, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, he's not saying I like to go murder people. But knowing that everything he's into Right. It's not okay. And he didn't invent that. He didn't right? invent he, that. He didn't, like, grow up and just start liking illegal shit. It, it was the the models. The, it, it was the the lack in his community. Like, it's, like, almost like it's, it's set up with this slant, and this is the cycle of self-destruction. So everything you do is slowly leading you to, to that way. I love, I, I love being American. I love having the blessing and the semblance of freedom to fight for a better world. Yep. But America is a land of hypocrisy. Mm. And I say that because we are obsessed with the bad boy. Right. When you have a bad boy in front of you, you want him dead or gone. Mm. We're obsessed with the rebel. But when the rebel is in front of you, you want him dead and gone. Mm. We see this play out all the time. Like even, again, going back to Florida, going back to politics, in Florida, we're not able to talk about how slavery, how slavery and oppression benefited one population generationally and systemically and right. has led to co- some of the, the layout that we're seeing now without pointing fingers and trying to burn anything. Now we're just saying, hey, this is, the, this is what it is. Right. We can't talk about that. What we can talk about is how the one or two slaves on a plantation of hundreds mm-hmm. might have learned how to be a blacksmith right. and then end up becoming a blacksmith Right. And now have a, a skill set that benefited them. Right. We can talk about that, though. Yeah. These kids see this hypocrisy. And so one thing that I love that we get to ask is because people ask me all the time, like, hey, man, you know, I love what you guys are doing, but what's up with rap music? What do you guys tell them? Right. right? But at the end of the day, one thing that I do, I do tell the guys is, like, no other community is supported in their destruction as much as we are. Mm. 
And so what does that tell you? Right. Um, we use other examples from other genres. So in some, some music is a little more depressing. What do those fans look like? They're depressed. Right. Some music is a little more kickback. And those people are what? More relaxed and kickback. Right. You listen to killer music, you might want to kill somebody or just be more violent. Right. Um, but we talk about this with them. You are supported in your destruction. That should set off alarms. Yep. Um, and, and, and going back to this young man that said, you know, everything I like is illegal. It's like he didn't make it that way. And then he doesn't even understand how to change some of the things that are changeable. Right. Um, and that's part of my, my passion and, and what I want to continue to fulfill here yeah. is that political wing a little bit more of like, if you, if you are 18 years old, you have just as much power as your parents mm. or as the people that affect your life every single day. And mm. if you and everyone at your school decided to do one political action, you would upset the entire situation in your county. Wow. Because everyone would then take notice. Yeah. Yeah. If every 18-year-old in one area did something and moved as a voting block, go to YouTube and look at Malcolm X talk about the the, the ballot of the bullet. Right. Um, it's a voting block, and 18-year-olds can be that, but that's where we speak life into them, but they can't even get there until they can come up for air. Yeah, and that's a language the, the powers that be have always understood, mm -hmm. and I think that's why the lack of engagement has been what it is because we've been lulled to sleep in that way, but if these kids were to wake up in that way, that's a very legitimate way that their demands can be met in a way. It, I think it's... I think it's one of, of the, 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 the many, but also it's weird. I don't want to, many meaning that there are many routes, Yeah, but it yeah. really doesn't feel like there's so many. Right. Does that make sense? I know that's. Yeah. Well, I always think it's both and, right? I think both we and. are so far like behind that you could be as politically engaged as you want, but if you're not hitting the ground in the community as well, if you're not serving on some kind of education board, like right. it's, it's all hands on deck in every department. But I do think if they were to form a voting block, it would like, you know how some things like you feel like you're throwing a vote in a small bucket and it's just a drop and it doesn't go anywhere. Right. I think with the, I, I saw some article the other day about the number of kids turning 18 over the next few uh, months and just what that could mean for the political establishment. And it was exciting, right? Imagine if these kids uh, felt the same way about things. And I think it's a shame that like today, you got a bunch of 70, 80, and 90-year-old white guys running the country. They're making decisions that they won't even live to see the impact of. And you got these kids that are kind of like... You see you see, you see what happened recently. Yeah. Mitch yeah. McConnell had his episode on, on you know, and I wish ill on no one. Right. But, but that's on one side of the fence. And even on the other side, Joe Biden. We've yep. talked, people have talked about him being these are our elders but it's time for young people to step up and there are young people on both sides so hey engage yeah i'm not picking a side i'm on the side of progressive freedom love and all that great woo woo but just get involved because right. you need fresh ideas and fresh perspectives um each generation has something to offer yeah and until you make your voice heard you're going to be continuously overlooked and thought of mm -hmm. as if they understand you. They don't understand you. Right. 
they don't understand you. I, I can guarantee you that a 75 year old who is financially set, mm. right. who has investments, who's probably doing all type of stuff to make sure that they, they and theirs are good. Right. They do not understand you. They right. may empathize with you, but no one's going to understand you till you get involved and you put someone from your community in the seats that are being taken up by these space holders for the establishment, yeah. the people that are going to keep things going the way they are. Yeah. There's no reason why um, Crime Stoppers isn't more um, talked about in the community. Right. I think that's intentional. There's There should be no reason why in our direct city, right. why we don't have a better relationship with law enforcement. Right. Because we are not, the goal is to not get anyone locked up. And the goal is to not support criminal activity or even law enforcement in that sense. So give people back their agency. We give them back, back their agency. Let us focus on these kids. That's yep. We are trying to make sure if you are under 25 years old and you're willing to change, bro. Yeah. You know, but like, let us focus on our kids. We talk about this, all, all this other stuff because, like I was telling somebody the other day about Crime Stoppers, if the, if the police don't need to know what you're doing, the community don't need to know either. Right. If the community sees what you're doing, are you slipping? So if they do end up telling on you, you're mad, why? They're not involved in your deal. Right. Be better. Be, be a better <laughs> criminal if you want to be. Get tightened up. Yep. And another thing that you, like, that many people may not understand, right? Inner city innovators, like, our, if you look at our team, we, we vary across the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. Right? I took a, a test the other day, and I'm a stressed out outsider, like someone just in the middle. Like, <laughs> but it, it, it matched, bro, because I, I don't like to be identified with either. Right. I feel like, and you'd hate me for that, but I feel like if, if you're on a side, then they got you. Like, oh, right. like you're, you're a part. They know what they think. They know what you think. So I like to look. You don't know where I stand. Like, I, I vote according to issues that, that affect my people, my community. Sometimes there's a, a right-wing guy that, that's speaking that language. Uh, most of the time, it's a left-wing guy. That's right. You know, so I like to not be in Listen, the grasp and, and, of and, anything. No, I don't hate you for that at all, bro. I I. I go. Yeah, well, I some go. people think it's a waste if you're not like. No, because the... I, listen, vote blue no matter who. I told this. I told the head of the Florida Democratic Party, Nikki Freed, mm -hmm. with love and respect. Yeah. And I told the rest of the Palm Beach County Democratic Executive Committee, vote blue no matter who, is never going to be my my motto. Right. It'll never come out of my mouth. Right. Um, the idea that every seat has to be Democrat, that would be nice if every Democrat was trying to do the right thing. Right. I'm going to serve my community. I'm going to do so from the space of the democratic ideals because right. they are the, the foundation for progressiveness. Yeah. Um, but I had a conversation with a good friend. He said he didn't really get along with a lot of the progressive and the left-leaning ideals. And I said, you know what? I get that. But at least on that side, we can disagree. Yeah. From my experience, we can yeah. disagree. Yeah. This other side feels like it's, war mm. if if i don't agree um and that could be wrong yeah i'm always going to side on what's best for the planet yeah and for the people um i like that people are critical i yeah. do want people to get more involved in the, the the democratic party in palm beach county because i do believe we can do to the democratic party what trump did to the republican party we can turn it on its head yeah we can put young people there we can make it look like our community yeah um and when i say our community i mean our our county community right young 
people of all different shades, of all different abilities, yeah. of all different genders, sexual identity, blah, blah, blah. Every, every intersection yeah. should be represented yeah. instead of one population. Right. And if you go to the, the meeting, you see, you know, shout to Miss Marvelous Washington. She did the best she could at the last meeting. She literally had to get up and excuse herself. Yeah. She walked out the meeting because they, it, the first thing out of my mouth was, this is a public circus. Mm. This is public theater. And people who are doing real work don't really have time for this. Some right. of us are able to slice in and, and make sure we're there for everyone. But um, I don't fault anyone for feeling like screw both sides. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that that's also a power with our young men because we, we might not always agree with where we stand or what, but we're all trying to be as engaged as we can be. And I could see, I foresee, like, because when people think of politics, right? I know before I ran for commissioner in West Palm Beach, uh, 2015, 16, um, it was this, like, thing that's like, you got to be perfect. You got, like, and then I recognized that you don't. Right. And I think a lot of the disconnect with our community is oftentimes they don't even know what these people do. Right. They don't know the basic uh, rules of decorum or what these meetings are for. And you don't see anyone other mm -hmm. than yourself and some of the movements you're a part of coming to make these things known. This is what these meetings are for. This is what this person's position is. This is what he represents. This is how you get your needs and your concerns brought up. People don't know these basic things, but you expect them to run to the voting booth but you, every March. But yo, you just hit something on the head that's real. You know, that feeling of you gotta be perfect is real. Right. Um, because who are they the most critical of? Mm -hmm. So you are going to feel that I have to be perfect because right. you're the you're more critical of me. Right. Um, there's someone in our community who, at the last meeting, was charging at the, the desk of the person who was holding the committee mm -hmm. meeting, and I screamed out. I said, "Back up!" Because in my mind, I'm like, "Look, there's no one else." I, I was in a moment of panic because I was like, are we living in, a, am I in the episode of Black Mirror? Right. The show on Netflix, it's like Twilight Zone. A am I in the episode of Black Mirror? Yeah. Does no one else see this going on? But if I had done what that lady did, oh, oh they would have escorted me out of the building. Yeah. yeah. So, so unfortunately, and we tell, you know, we, this is a part of our, and this is not just the inner city, this is black America. We teach our children, you have to be a step above yeah. just to be good enough sometimes. You got to yep. work extra hard. And that excellence is bred in that space, unfortunately. It, it feels like you have to be perfect, which then makes the person say, I'm not running. I'm right. not engaging in that. These right. people don't even see my humanity. Why am I right. going to be engaged in that? Right. Um, and then we have to identify our own internalized colonizer. Yeah. Somebody says something wrong. Do we judge them or do we help them fix it or just do we just dust pass it? Right. Um, are we gatekeeping? Mm. We may not be, but I'm right. just saying as a collective, we need to ask ourselves this. Yeah. Are we gatekeeping? And if we are gatekeeping, because sometimes that's where you're... For who? For what? For who and for what? Are you mm. keeping the gate open? You got the light on? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You welcome me with an umbrella and a nice drink, or you got this thing locked down, Fort Knox, taking me out when I'm approaching? Right. The feeling of, of feeling like, oh, you got to be perfect. You don't. But they're gonna make you feel that way, right. and if and it and and it's the same in some spaces, you know, the minority. So if the minority is a woman, they, she's gonna have to fight harder, right? If 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 it's a black person, you're gonna have to be. I mean, hell, we even had a, a local elected in the county who 
his sexuality was used against him as right. why he wasn't fit to run. So the minority is always going to have something. Yeah. Um, but especially as a young black man coming into politics, because you, I mean, like you said, you've been doing this work in the community, so you were doing the work. I think you need to revisit the running again. Oh, I will. Trust me, bro. On a whole deal platform, we're going to have a whole slay of young brothers who understand what's going on in their community and how to best go about getting those things uh, rectified. So right. trust me, bro, it gets greater later. This is just the beginning, getting the building block, building our brothers up so that they can first see the value in themselves. Once they see the value in themselves, we see the value in each other and we have something to fight for, for their for. So right. let me ask you this, bro. Give me a success story. I know we're nearing the end. I wanna hear something that has excited you in this work that you're looking forward to keeping going in the lives of our young people or in our community at large? Man, that's a heavy one, bro, because <laughs> there's so many. Like, you know, last night I had a success story with the guys. I had two success stories last night. One of the kids was was messing around, did some stupid stuff, got in trouble, risked the whole group potentially getting uh, kicked out of the library. You know, I talked to him about it. I said, man, you risked everybody. Da, da, you know, mm -hmm. How you feel about Apollo? I could do that. I said, you ain't got to do it right now. No pressure. He said, no, no. I could. And then he stepped up. Took uh, accountability took and responsibility. Boy, that, that, that's a win for me. Huge. Um, and then last night, we had a, 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 a mentee who hasn't been in group in a while. I know he's been engaging his mentor, but he hasn't been in group. And um, him and another one of my guys is talking about their rap careers. Yeah. And we teasing, y'all ain't even rapping about anything. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. But he chimes in and says, man, I'm going to still keep rapping about that street stuff, but it ain't got to be all that murder. Mm -hmm. I want to tell stories of what I see, mm -hmm. but it ain't going to be on all, all this killing each other stuff. Man, listen, bro. I said, well, it, yeah. what you need? How can I support you? Right. Um, that's a success story yeah. because the, the the win is that they come to it on their own. Yeah. The win is that we've created a container where they feel safe to express. You got to think, you see these fly shirts, the Hope dealer shirts. Can you imagine being a kid and someone making fun of you for wearing one? Can you imagine being a kid and someone teasing you saying, oh, you think you a good boy now you in that little group. Can you imagine where you got to be at to tease somebody for being good? Mm -hmm. So when one of them stands up and says in front of everyone, um, I'm not with that no more. That was a win, bro. I'm like, yeah. And bro, it's so important for our listeners to know that because I feel like when people donate to nonprofits, like they fall for the same, like they, they fall for the same metrics, right? Oh, how many kids graduated high school and people are, oh, the reading scores improved for the, like, those are the wins for young men that are like they're, like they're drivers of a lot of the social ills in our community because they're disconnected from the resources and the relationships they need. So wins for them looks right. a lot different, but the wins for them are a lot more profound in regards to the success of our communities overall. It's truly quality over quantity. Um, how much of a relationship can you build to have an impact on this young person's life rather than half serving four guys? 
Right. Can you show up fully in one and then add and then add and then add? Right. Um, one of my one of my people that I've been trying to get into the space to volunteer with us. Yeah. He said that he volunteered and did some work out in the glades and was dealing with this young man who had hygiene issues. Mm hmm. But when he finally got him to open up to him, he said, well, I don't feel safe because they got communal showers. And he showed him the, his tenement style housing. And, you know, it's, it's one bathroom for how many units, you know? Right. Um, he said someone had been murdered. A young lady had been raped. Mm. He's like, I'm not going down there by myself. I don't feel safe. And he, he came from a different situation, working class and everything, but, you know, supported and was just like when anyone has that pull yourself up by your bootstrap mentality you assume these people got boots mm. so it might be a win for him to dry his foot off right put on a sock right get a house slipper going he got boots does he know how to time right you know like there's Getting so our much kids to the starting line right? right most kids are at the starting line where when they're born they can safely try to traverse to wherever that finish line is for them, but our kids aren't at the starting line, right? You know, and right. I think that's where we're trying to get all the support we can. We're not asking for anything extra. We're just asking, help me get my look. look I know what it's like to be born far back from the starting line. I am lucky, and my, I'm, I'm so grateful for the mentors and the people from outside of my community that saw something in me and gave me the hand up that I'm able to use to go back and to try to help my little brothers. And that, that's what it's all about. Like, right. I, didn't, I didn't ask for anything extra or anything right. more than any other kid deserves. Help us get our little brothers to right. the starting line. You know, I, we'll get to the finish line. Again, the books are there. We're good stewards of our funding. Um, I ask people to think about inflation in order for us to be responsible with our money. When we interact with these young men and women, we are given a budget of $10. Like oh, if I take them out one-on-one -on -one, because that's what we can afford. Not because leadership assumes that that is actually the number that will right. get something done, but that is the number we can, that's the most we can afford to right. serve everyone. That doesn't cover McDonald's. I mean, yeah, I can do dollar menu stuff, but if I'm right. trying to take them to halfway, even McDonald's ain't a dollar menu I, I no could, more. Listen, when, one when of last dudes, time you've been there, one of these dudes hit the, <laughs> one of these dudes hit like twelve dollars for like a small meal. And I said, "What you eating? You man, what?" I thought it was, but I bought a sandwich for eight dollars, just a sandwich, no fries, no nothing, eight dollars at McDonald's. So I know that it's not like you're this guy who's like, well, no, that's more than enough. And that's what makes it doable because it's delusional in these mm -hmm. nonprofit spaces when people are acting like, no, this is more than enough. Right. We need support so that we can do this work. The other win was taking one of our young people to yoga with me. I teach yeah. yoga class. Um, he called me up. He was going through stuff. He said, I want to hang out. I said, well, the only thing I could, you could come, but you're going to have to come to my class with me because this is my, this is my commitment. This is my right. responsibility. All right, cool. And I don't teach like it's not a it's a slow flow. You stretch. He's man, some of them stretches were hard, and it's very <laughs> it's relatively simple for most people. And he's a young fit dude, but he he stretching. And then afterwards, we had a deep guided meditation. He was really in some yeah. space. That was a win, personally, because he felt safe enough to come and then mm -hmm. open enough to try it and everything. But it's a win because. I'm able to go pick him up and 
get him because he knows I can call on D. Right. So that, right. that's a personal win. And then knowing that he'll pick up the phone and actually try yeah. to make that connection. But then he was open to doing all the things. Um, you yeah. know, it's great. But it's, it's these small wins that we need support on because it's the small wins that make the most impact. Mm -hmm. Our young people are struggling. They need people to show up. We need to be able to show up not only to support them, but to just listen to them, to be a, a guide for them, for them to come with questions and us to, to kind of corral them into the, the right path. In order to do so, we need to be able to expose them to things. I'm not talking about, yes, we need funding for salaries, but I'm not saying fund us so we can live lavish. I'm saying fund us so I can take them on field trips, so I can expose them to more things right. because some of their favorite experiences, and we've actually been able to recruit mentees from this, is taking them out to, to kayak on a river. We got a river system here in Palm Beach County that we all have access to and all have claim to. Taking them out on, taking them out on that river, I saw kids smile and laugh for the first time on that trip. Right. I saw them let down their they guard on that safe. trip. They're, they're out of their the normal elements. One or two of them went in the water, and I, I assumed they were kind of going to come out angry and pissed off, and I'm ready to go home. Mm -hmm. they, they were having a blast. We need you to, to fund those experiences so we can give them those out-of-hood experiences. Yep. Um, yeah. Last question, David. Any parting words you want to leave with the people, and how do they reach you? Um, I'm on Instagram at catch these hands, catch period D E E S dot hands, uh, massage and security play on words. <laughs> um, my last part of words is just, we're, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. What affects one affects all. And, um, I won't bore everyone with the, the poem about, you know, first they came for the, the socialist and no one was different. We all know that. We need to live with those ideals. The world is going to give you a lot of examples of how we can disconnect and focus on ourselves. We're in this together. Tap into the organizations and the people around you, like ourselves, who are doing some of this work, and see how you can get involved, too, because we need you out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you, bro. And I appreciate it having you again. It's not his first time. Definitely won't be his last. Uh, as you know, all of our Hope Dealers are uh, repeat guests because we love taking deep dives into this work. And if you got nothing else from this podcast, I hope you got the need to donate to support our work. You may not know this, but we're in the midst of a very cool matching fund campaign mm -hmm. up to $40,000. So that means if we can raise $40,000, we get 80, right? So we can double your donation all the way through Labor Day. So now's the best time to donate and help us reach our goal so that we continue making our impact. We thank you for your time and your attention, for carving out the time in your day to even listen to us and, and get a deeper dive on the work we do. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Peace. Appreciate y'all.